name. Thanks be to God who always causes us to win. Yeah. Thanks be to God who always causes us to triumph in his name. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to
thank you for the incredible privilege it is to be in the wake of the amazing victory that Jesus Christ made the way for us. That He died and rose again, that we might have life and life to the full. Thank you for this day, that this is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. We give you thanks. And everyone said, Amen. God bless you. Great to see you. Take a seat. Say hi to your neighbour. Wonderful to see you. You're looking well. Give you a very warm welcome today. Pastor Sheridan is away in Tokoroa ministering there uh, this morning, so he'll be having a wonderful time. So that's wonderful. If you're visiting for your first or second time, we'd love to give you a very warm welcome this morning as you exit or leave the auditorium after this morning's gathering. On the right-hand side is um, some um, packs, some white packs. There are some details there. There's a coffee card. You're most welcome to take that, fill in the details. We'd love to learn a little bit more about you and uh, help yourself to a coffee. So church, can we put our hands together and give our visitors a warm welcome this morning? That would be great. Well, today is a very, very important gathering, as they all are, but it's special too. It's wonderful to have the burdens with us, and we'll be hearing from them a little bit later on. So isn't that awesome? So uh, really looking forward to that. Um, Also, we will be announcing the faith commitment contributions, and it's a wonderful surprise. Uh, But we'll be doing at the end of the gathering. But today's gathering has some very special features to it where we'll have the opportunity of jumping out of our seats, grabbing some postcards, writing those out. If you haven't uh, completed a faith commitment card, we'll also have the opportunity to do that a little bit later on as well. So it's going to be a wonderful time. So very, very cool. Well, who's had a birthday or a wedding anniversary over the last week? Wow, Bruce. 21, eh? Come on out. Come down to the front. Yeah. Well, wedding anniversary, how many years? 21, fantastic. Phil, 21 for you too. Wedding anniversary, how many years? 44, wow, that is wonderful. Fantastic. Graham, a birthday, what, 31? 82, that is amazing, wow. Church, can we stand and declare this prayer of blessing over these wonderful people? Father, thank you for your family. We declare blessing, health, favor, prosperity, protection over them this year. Activate your love and goodness through each one. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give them a hand. Wonderful. Okay. So church, I have two things for you this morning. It's like two tracks of a railway line. Where have we heard that before? Two tracks. Yeah, one is grace, one is truth. So the tracks today, what I'd like to do, give you the opportunity very shortly, if you can jump out of your seats and uh, come over to this side, either table. Aren't these tables beautiful? Lana has done an amazing job. On these tables, if we can have the slide up too, that would be great. Thanks, um, Linda. On these tables is these cards here with the balloons. Don't they look beautiful? And what I'd like us to do, I'd like you to jump out of your seat and come and grab some of these cards. One, two, or even three if you'd like, but certainly one. There's pens here. And then what we're going to do, this is one track that we're going to go down. I'd like you to take a pen and write to one of these missionaries. There's Caitlin and Jesse. There's Sarinda and Rizma. There's Brent, Nick and Karen, Kay, Peter and Well, and go... Hey, Kay. Something like that. It's Ray. 
rain, okay? It's rain. I just wanted to say, thanks for going all that way. I think you're doing awesome. Your friend and mate, Ray. Just something sweet and short like that. It doesn't have to be poetic, but if it is, well, that's cool. <laughs> so what do you do? You come and get, what do we do, Jam? We get one of these cards here with the balloons. And we grab a pen. And we're going to take a few moments to do that. If you haven't made a faith commitment contribution already, we want to give you the opportunity to do that. That's one of these cards. That's the other track. And while we're filling out the postcards, you can fill on one of these. And it's your commitment with God's grace to make a contribution to Global Missions 2016 and 17. And at the end of the gathering, I'm going to be able to add these figures to what we have already received to give an update. So isn't that going to be awesome? It's going to be absolutely wonderful. And to celebrate that, we're going to have food. There's going to be a wonderful uh, morning tea served at the back there, which we can celebrate. So church, can I invite you to jump out of your seats, come and grab a card, one of these postcards, one of these faith commitment cards. Take a few moments to fill them in. Then we're going to hear from the burdens and uh, we're going to receive them. another bit of a rhyme. Do you want to hear it? If anybody's writing to Brent in the Ukraine, you can go, hey Brent, it's Ray here. I just wanted to let you know I'm happy to make a, a little 
little contribution to your, your rent, Brent. <laughs> so you can make a dent, Brent. <laughs> What's happening in the UK? I know that wasn't very good, but I just thought I'll just let you know, you know. I'm sure you can do a lot better than that. How's it going? Who's completed their cards? You know, our missionaries are absolutely going to love receiving these cards. Absolutely wonderful. How many more minutes do we need? Another couple of minutes or we're... Another couple of minutes, okay. Doesn't have to be long. If you've made a bit of a mistake, feel free to come and grab another one. It's okay. Do you think I should send that one to Kay? Do you think I should? Okay. Make a smile. Okay. Hi, Kay. My pen's not working. Go and get another one. So remember, we were doing two cards. We've got our postcards. If you haven't, and if you haven't had an opportunity to do a faith commitment card, take the opportunity to do that also. Okay, as you've done. Just feel free to place the postcards in the baskets in the front and faith commitment cards in the green bins. Postcards in the two baskets at the front here and faith commitment cards in the green bins on either side of the table. fun really isn't it Thank you for that. If you do need a bit more time, feel free at the end of the gathering to, to come forward as well. And, and that's very, very cool. Who enjoyed that? Yeah, it was great. It was, it was wonderful. Thank you for your responsiveness on that. That was awesome. So, so cool. Well, I've got a highlight to bring to our attention. On the 1st and 2nd of July, we have the School of the Spirit. If you have not signed up, I'd really encourage you to take the opportunity. It's going to be a wonderful time. We have Helen Corder from Australia. She's a, a recognized prophet and teacher, a wonderful person. So it'll be a wonderful time. So I really encourage you to be part of that. 
Well, church, it's my pleasure to welcome Andy and Karen and their family all the way back from Belgium. It's wonderful to have you with us this morning. Let's give them a warm welcome as they come. Good morning. Guess what? We live here. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. Um, ten years we've been in Belgium. Um, ten years you guys ever, as a church have stood behind us. Um, thank you doesn't come anywhere close, but it's the best we have. Um, and... Honestly, we, these, these postcards are huge. We just recently got a whole pack of them, and um, yeah, we might have cried. <laughs> so it's, it's so amazing to hear from people in their own hands that they've thought of us, that they love us, that they're praying for us. So thank you for doing that, and thank you for having walked this journey with us. Oh, are we going there already? I thought that was nuts and bolts. So the thing about Belgians, when you're leaving a place and they don't want you to leave, they kind of show that they love you by being really close. So we were trying to move out of our house and we just kept having all these guests come through until one of our neighbours said, why don't you just move into our house and that will make it much easier for you to move out of yours. So... Um, <laughs> And it's, it's funny, the conversations you have as you leave, and people ask you, so, you know, what's different? Um, what are you going to find hard? What's going to be different for you when you go back? And the thing that they keep saying to us is, but you're Belgian now, but you're Belgian now. <laughs> and, and it was hard to leave, and we had some really funny conversations, um, talking about some of our cultural differences, about serving coffee because you want someone to leave, and... My friend sitting there thinking, do I do that? I don't think I do that. We don't do that, do we? Oh, actually, I do avoid doing that. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so you learn a lot about yourself and you learn a lot about others. But um, our last few days in Belgium were really precious. Um, and it was our Flemish friends who came around us and said, you mean a lot to us. We're hoping to get some visitors. So, um, yeah, that should be really, really great. One of the things we learned really quickly in going to Belgium was that you don't go into mission. You join mission. God's doing it. He's busy with it all the time, everywhere. And with all of the hopes and expectations you have, you quickly discover your own limitations and find sufficiency in him. The last squash night that I had, um, I was sitting with the guys after having played. Um, we had, with three different teams, actually won our divisions. 
so we were having a celebration of the season as well as a farewell party. So it was, it was a pretty fun night. And sitting at the bar afterwards, all of the guys made sure they came over and had a little chat. And at the end, um, actually the owner of the um, squash club, who doesn't really talk to me that much, he, he decided it was time now. <laughs> um, so he comes over and he's been working all night and I think he's had a couple of drinks as well, so he's quite talkative now. And we start talking and then one of my other friends, Frederick, comes and sits as well and the conversation ends up actually bouncing backwards and forwards between the two of these guys. And they start talking about faith um, because they all know why I've been in Belgium. And um, Steph, he's quite wound up with all of the refugees and the influx of Islam into Europe. You know, it's, it's a hot topic. And he's sitting there going, do you know, if I imagine where we will be 100 years from now, I, I can't imagine it's a good place. And Frederick turns around and says, I hope a hundred years from now we have more people like Andrew. Because he appreciated how I was able to speak about faith without being a slap in the face. And yet reasoned and logical. And one of the hardest things walking away is actually, that's a conversation I'd like to keep having. And there are so few Christians there. I don't know who the next guy is that Frederick's going to meet who will engage him in a conversation and help him process faith. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven, and do not return there, but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word that goes out from my mouth, it shall not return to me empty but it will accomplish what I purpose. And it shall succeed in the things in which I sent it. For you shall go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and the hills before you shall break forth in singing, and the trees in the fields shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorn shall come the cypress, and instead of the briar shall come the myrtle. And it shall be, for the name of the Lord, an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. These were the verses that God gave us before we went to Belgium. And you look back at 10 years and you think, okay, we, we saw ministries grow. We saw an outreach department start. We saw churches being planted that weren't there. But what, what will continue? Um, we sowed seeds into the hearts of our friends, but will, will they come to harvest? And the promise that God's given us is that his word 
that he sent us to give will not come back to him empty. And some of the results that we longed to see, to see um, churches planted in places that had no witness, they didn't happen, not in our time. But we believe that God is continuing to work, that actually this wasn't our work ever, it was his work, and he is raising up a nation. So God is really amazing though, because he doesn't leave us hanging, and he does comfort our hearts. So in the last months before we left, he gave us a glimpse into some of the things that we'd been sowing into, um, that were starting to bear fruit, starting to bud. And um, even though we had projects that we were working on specifically, there were a number of things that God showed us when we went to Belgium that we felt it was our responsibility to pray into, to envision others with. And, um, and some of those things he showed us were starting to change. One of the major ones was that whenever we got asked to do an outreach as OM when we first arrived, we would turn up at a church and literally the church didn't, it wasn't there. You had a pastor. And it wasn't that there were no people in the church. It's that no people in the church felt that it was their responsibility to be doing um, the evangelism or the outreach or reaching into their community. That was the job of the missionary. And this was something that we didn't want to continue to support the church in. We wanted to actually help them see that they were the answer to their community. And um, in March this year, um, there was an action held by uh, a man in the Zarvington Church. He um, decided it was the third month of the 16th year, so why don't we do a nationwide outreach called 316, so John 316. They set up a website where you could find out more about faith, and then they encouraged the whole of the church to get out into their communities and share the love of Christ, for God so loved the world. And what was really great was to hear some of the interesting ideas. When we first got there, if you put a flyer into somebody's mailbox, you'd done an outreach. <laughs> you'd touch somebody. It's like, eh, maybe not. <laughs> I know what I do with my junk mail. Um, <laughs> but we heard of uh, spontaneous um, house concerts, which we'd started a couple of years earlier with our team, going into people's homes and doing a concert with some musicians, inviting friends and neighbours, sharing some testimonies. We heard of these things happening in different places within Belgium. We heard of arts outreaches where people were sharing um, the Easter story with people through art and their communities. Um, and the great thing was that some of these things our OEM team were involved in, but so many of them were just picking up an idea and running with it themselves. So God's really um, been faithful to us to show us that actually if you have a dream and you have a vision and you put it in God's hands and sometimes you don't even know where you're going, but you just keep taking your steps towards that, keep sharing God's heart with other people, then he can, he can birth something. Yeah. So what now? Um, 
before starting on what now, it's, it's probably good to clarify some of the reasons why we're home. Um, probably the most significant is that um, Karen has, for the last four years, been struggling with an autonomic disorder um, that causes, basically causes blood to pull in her feet rather than stay throughout her body, which is why she's sitting down. Um, and that was manageable when it was just Karen. Um, but Grace has developed the same problem, which she doesn't really want me to say. But um, And it just it got to the point where it was too much for us as a family, um, particularly for schooling. Um, difficult for Grace to go to school. And the Belgian school system, pretty much any Belgian institution, is very much inside the box um, and don't really know what to do outside of that. Um, New Zealand is a little bit more flexible. Um, and we have been in contact with a school here that is, have been overwhelming, actually, in their willingness to work with us, to have Grace do correspondence school and part-time going to school. And if she just needs to be around people, then she can take her correspondence work to school so she can sit with them or whatever. We'll, we'll work it out. So that's, exact, that's what we hoped for as far as schooling goes. The other side of it was that um, while our team was great and our Flemish friends were great, um, it could only go so far. And here we have family. We have an amazing group of friends that have supported us and walked with us. We have a church with a youth group that's more than 12 people. Um, so we, we don't fall into a vacuum coming here. Um, and actually, I think one of the most significant signs that were confirmations that we felt we'd done the right thing, half an hour after getting home from having just told our team leaders we're leaving, we got a text message from a friend in Auckland, been friends of ours for 20 years, and asking about Grace, and so we said, oh, well, actually, we've just decided to come home. And her response was, so will Andy need a job then? Because we have more work than we can take on and we'd love to have him on our team. What that's turned into is that Karen and I are now working for uh, Connections Limited as consultants and uh, content writers. Um, it's kind of cool because... There, it's information, technology, systems management, change management, and customer experience aimed at business transformation. But when we start looking at the businesses we're involved in, we're actually talking about cultural transformation. Um, it might be a little bit what we enjoy doing. <laughs> Just a little. Um, and this friend of ours is, is also a believer. And so it's been... <laughs> The, the, I don't quite know why, but the Belgians have this phrase that describes... It's, it's the equivalent of landing on your feet. I don't quite know why this phrase exists, but it's you, you fall with your bum in the butter. <laughs> <coughs> anyway, so that's, that's what we've done. <laughs> Thank you.
Um, We're going over time, but we're trying to fit 10 years into <laughs> 10 minutes. Um, I'm going to read something that I wrote last night. Looking at, is it worth it all? Has it been worth it? How do you measure the intangible? How do you weigh sacrifice and pain against the joy of seeing friends accept Christ? Seeing my wife faint at a barbecue, holding my daughter as she cries in pain late in the night. These things are not balanced against the work we do for Christ. They are painful reminders that we are broken people in a broken world. From the physical challenges to the emotional turmoil and the desire at times to run, hide, and make like Jonah, one thing becomes clear. The path of obedience is not one you walk alone. We are not lonely pilgrims separated by miles of wilderness, but rather we are co-sojourners kept company by Christ himself. And we find treasures along the sometimes painful road that ease the burden and bring joy in the sorrow. Both the joy and sorrow are experienced in his hands and his delight and his sorrow are equally our comfort. I have known the Father's heartache at the pain this world brings, and I have felt heaven shake in joy in receiving a soul home. Grace and truth to know and be known by Him. It is worth it all. Thank you. Absolutely from the bottom of our hearts, thank you. We couldn't have done 10 years without you. And we couldn't contemplate coming home to anyone but you. In particular, there are a few people in this church who once a month for 10 years got together to pray for us. Mike Trollope, Karen Pierce, Paul and Leanne Nobolo, and Kay who now we get to do the same for. Heroes of faith, heroes of faithfulness. Thank you. Wow. Thank you. Maybe you'd, um, if girls can come as well, if you're able to, we'd love to uh, gather around and pray and um, thank you for that it's so insightful it's amazing how God moves us through seasons doesn't it and we're in one season and then things change and we find ourselves moving into a, another uh, season but before we pray for them church I want us to invite us to stand and to applaud and honour this wonderful family and uh, well done we're really proud of you and thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Let's give it up. Yeah. One more time. Yeah. You guys are awesome.
Well done. If the missions team and others, you can be seated, but the missions team and others would like to join with me as we pray for um, Andy and Karen and their family, that would be good. Just come out to the front, that would be great. And I'm going to ask Pastor Jan to lead us off, and uh, that'd be great. God, I thank you for this beautiful family. I thank you for their obedience to you. I thank you, God, for their courage uh, for stepping out with you, God. And I thank you that they are continuing in that. Um, and yeah, and I, I, I actually feel that God wants to encourage you um, right now that you are continuing in that, that, that um, this is not the, the end of a journey, but you are right in the middle of it. And that um, this, is, this is a continuation. And so, uh, yeah, I, I really feel God's encouragement upon you, his smile upon you, um, that this is a continuation. And also for, for you beautiful, beautiful girls, Grace and Ruth and Lisa, I uh, felt the words, um, because I know I've said to you, welcome home. Um, but I know that this place, probably particularly for, for Lisa, New Zealand hasn't always been home, as in the majority of your life, just about all of your life has been over there. So I felt the words actually for, for you girls is to welcome, welcome to your new home, as in, yeah, that God wanted to place those words upon you, that this is your new home. And even though that may take a little bit of time, then that's okay, but this is a welcome to your new home. And it's okay just to have that time of adjustment, um, but that God wants you to, to enjoy that time of adjustment and this is a welcome to your new home. And that he wants you to be safe and secure in that and to love, love the journey. God desires the very, very best for you. He only wants the best for you, beautiful girls. So I declare that over, over you this morning, beautiful girls. Mm. Father, we thank you that we can stand with Andy and Karen and their family. Father, our hearts and our arms are open wide. Lord, they've been far away, but the Lord, they're, they're close home. And so we welcome them, as Janice said. We embrace them. Father, may the embrace be warm. May the, the embrace be joyous. May the embrace be strong and comforting, I pray. Father, thank you for the wonderful journey of a decade. And Lord, thank you for the wonderful decade and decades that lie ahead of them. I'm reminded of the words the Apostle Paul said, one thing I do is forgetting what lies behind, I strive forward for the prize ahead in Christ Jesus. And Father, I pray as they look forward, Lord, they will see the grace and the favor of God rest upon them, that all that they put their hand to will prosper. Lord, knowing that your smile rests upon them, and that your presence is with them both now and forevermore. And everyone said, Amen. If you have a word to share, feel free to uh, come and see them at the end of the gathering. We'll be sharing morning tea together, and I know they'd love to hear from you. So let's give them a hand one more time. Thank you. Great. Well, it's my pleasure to invite Pastor Rex going to come and share a reading from Psalm 47. Thank you, Rex. Thank you, Ray, and good morning, everybody. 
Psalm 47. This is a great psalm to prepare us for our worship experience that's following on. Psalm 47, written by the descendants or the sons of Korah. Uh, they, they were to prepare the way for, uh, they were Levites, preparing the way for people to come in to worship God. Come on, everyone. Clap your hands. Come on, everyone, clap your hands. Shout to God with joyful praise. For the Lord Most High is awesome. He's the great King of all the earth. He subdues the nations before us, putting our enemies beneath our feet. He chose the promised land as our inheritance, the proud possession of Jacob's descendants, whom he loves. Interlude. Interlude was for the uh, musicians and the singers to start getting involved. It's free worship, free praise, you know. The trumpets, the drummers, they had variety, uh, improvisation. You see, Andy, God made jazz. God has ascended with a mighty shout. The Lord has ascended with trumpets blaring. Sing praises to God. Sing praises. Sing praises to our King. Sing praises. For God is the King over all the earth. Praise Him with a psalm. God reigns above the nations, sitting on His holy throne. The rulers of the world have gathered together with the people of the God of Abraham. For all the kings of the earth belong to God. He is highly honored everywhere. Amen. Let's stand together as we continue to worship. That last line, he is highly honoured everywhere. Highly honoured is put in the highest place above everything else. He is highly honoured everywhere. Father God, we, we honour you in our lives. We highly honour you in our lives. We place you in the highest place.
amazing grace, unending love, amazing grace, unending love, amazing
And I've tasted and seen Of the sweetest of loves Where my heart becomes free And my shame is undone In your presence, Lord And Holy Spirit, you are welcome here Come flood this place and privilege it is to gather together in your presence right now. Holy Spirit, continue to
have your way amongst us. Holy Spirit, thank you that nothing is impossible with you. Continue to minister to every person right now in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Love this atmosphere. Love it. I want to encourage Pastor Rex and Irene. <laughs> I, you know, when, as I shared over the Burtons before, you know, that it, it, the journey is a continuation. I really feel that God wants to encourage you both, Pastor Rex and Irene, that you are incredible, amazing, and that you have been doing this journey and continuing to doing this journey and I, I, um, I feel that God wants to um, place his, um, well, I guess a smile, but I, I get the word admiration, of the sweet spirit with, within you, the sweet spirit that, that even though you've been on v- various parts of your journey, you know, you've been up here week after week after week, not necessarily in this building, but in other church, leading churches and, and, and over in Singapore and different parts of your journey and in Bible colleges and, and very, yeah, very, lots of many parts of your journey, but you are continuing on and you continue to encourage people and invest into people. And, and so I, um, and God, yeah, I believe this is from God. So um, yeah, in part that an admiration upon you today. Bless you both. Yes. Yeah, give them a hand. Awesome. Well, I'm just going to share very, very briefly with you. And I really feel, um, I I have titled um, my message, A Life to Die For. A Life to Die For. And and you can look at that in various different angles, A Life to Die For. Um, But we are designed for eternity. And, you know, we were just singing about that before um, with, in the song, Amazing Grace. Beautiful. We are designed for eternity. And Ecclesiastes 3.11 says, God has planted eternity in the human heart. We are designed for eternity. Um, Also Titus 3.7 from the message, it says, God's gift has restored our relationship with him and given us back our lives and there's more life to come an eternity of life. I want to encourage us today or put out the question there for us today, do we live with that view? We are designed for eternity. Do we live with that view of eternity in mind? Because we are designed for eternity. The here and now, the life that we are living now is temporary. We weren't designed actually to die, but sin entered the world and So that's a little bit of a shame. We do die, but it doesn't end there. It does not end there. We are designed for eternity, but I want to encourage us, and I feel like God just really wants to spur us on. You know, he says, you know, don't give up meeting together and keep encouraging each other. And I really feel that God wants to encourage us all today, that we need to encourage each other, that we need to just keep on spurring on because life is tough. Life can be really tough, um, but this is not the end, and we need to live with that view of eternity. You know, we can be very, very um, 
focus on the here and now and even even planning, you know, for for the things ahead, you know, we're often thinking of the here and now, here on earth. But we are designed for eternity, not just the here and now. Paul and Timothy write in 2 Corinthians, from 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 4, uh, from verse 11. I'm just going to share a few other verses here. Uh, Paul and Timothy say, yes, we live under constant danger of death because we serve Jesus so that the life of Jesus will be evident in our dying bodies. So we live in the face of death, but this has resulted in eternal life for you. But we continue to preach because we have the same kind of faith the psalmist had when he said, I believed in God, so I spoke. I love that. I believed in God, so I spoke. Simple as that. They carry on and say, we we know that God who raised the Lord Jesus will also raise us with Jesus and present us to himself together with you. All of this is for your benefit. And as God's grace reaches more and more people, there will be great thanksgiving and God will receive more and more glory. As God's grace reaches more and more people, there will be great thanksgiving and God will receive more and more glory. That is why we do this. That is why we do this missions thing, so that God's grace will reach more and more people and that there will be great thanksgiving and God will receive more and more glory. That's what it's all about. And then they say that is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, yes, we're all dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. And verse 17, they carry on and say, for our present troubles are small and won't last very long. I like that. I think some of us need to declare that over ourselves even, over situations. Our present troubles are small and they won't last very long. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. They carry on and say in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, in verse 1, they say, For we know that when this earthly tent we live in is taken down, that is, when we die and leave this earthly body, We will have a house in heaven, an eternal body, made for us by God himself and not by human hands. Then in verse 8, yes, we are fully confident and we would rather be away from these earthly bodies, for then we'll be at home with the Lord. So whether we're here in this body or away from this body, our goal is to please him. Is that our goal? Is that our goal, to please God, to please him? to live a life that will please him. In verse 11, they say, Paul and Timothy, or Paul writes, because we understand our fearful responsibility to the Lord, we work hard to persuade others. Because we understand our fearful responsibility to the Lord, We work hard to persuade others. I reckon that's quite a challenging verse there. Because we understand our fearful responsibility, do we understand our responsibility to the Lord? Are we working hard to persuade others? 
And I have pondered over that one myself. And for me, I was like, okay, what's my responsibility to the Lord? You know, because Paul and Timothy say, yes, we understand. We understand. And so we work hard to persuade others. And so you might like to ponder on that one yourself. But the three things that I came up with um, that I feel that is our responsibility to the Lord, or maybe that's for me, and you need to ponder on that for yourself, is Acts 1.8 says, we will receive power when the Holy, you know, that's Jesus said, wait, wait, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit and you will receive power. And so I reckon that's one, receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon us. We need to receive power daily, receive power. And why, why do, do we receive power? Matthew 28, this is, you know, some of the last words that Jesus spoke when he was here on earth. He said, go and make disciples. So receive power and go. Go. Not just for the missionaries, but for the church. Go. Go and make disciples. And John 15, Jesus said over and over and over and over and over, he said, remain in me. Remain in me. Remain in me. Remain in me. I don't know how many times it is. You might like to count, but a number of times. He just kept saying it like, you know, we were going to miss it. So we kept saying, remain in me. We need to hang with him. We need to to spend time with him. We need to do our everyday life, our 24-7 with him. Remain in me. Remain in me. So receive power. Go and remain in me. That's the three things that that I felt. Okay, yeah, that's my my responsibility to the Lord. I need to receive power daily. I need to go. I need to make disciples. I need to expect him to operate through me at the supermarket, wherever I am. I need to remain in him. And he said that even that if we do not remain in him, we will not produce fruit. So he says, apart from me, you can do nothing. So we need to remain in him. So those three things I encourage you with. You can ponder on that as well for yourself. So we're fashioned for eternity. We are designed for eternity. Life on earth is temporal. Whether we like it or not, it is temporal but it is not the end. We are designed for eternity. Do we live our everyday life with that view? That life is about the eternity. Do we get up in the morning and say, this is for eternity? How is that going to change my view today as I go about my, my day with God? If we're so sure of our eternity with him, and others around us aren't, should we not have an incredible urgency to tell others, to help others get it sorted? Do we care? Are we working hard to persuade others? Do we understand our responsibility to the Lord? This is all challenging to me. We've all been given. If we are in relationship with God, we've all been given the opportunity. We are all to go. We've all been given the opportunity to change people's eternities. Sow seeds. We've all been given the opportunity to sow those seeds. You know, the Holy Spirit, he is very, very capable of harvesting those seeds. He's very, very capable. We just need to be obedient to him. We've all got people around us, workmates, school friends, varsity friends, neighbours, family, 
that are possibly facing a lost eternity? How can we make a difference in their lives? Are we hanging with him every day? Are we spending our time with him every day? And you know what, when we do that, when we remain in him, when we spend our time with him, that's going to give us the best possible outcome for our life, is spending our day listening, talking with him. So, if you are here today, and you are not too sure about your eternity, because it is not about the here and now, but it is about the eternity. We are designed for eternity. I only read two scriptures there, but there are many scriptures that say that we are designed for eternity. If you are not sure about your eternity, then I encourage you to get sure about where you are going to be heading in your eternity, because God desires for you to spend eternity with him. He has something incredible, amazing for us. And he doesn't like it that we suffer the here and now. He came and he suffered himself. And he doesn't like that. He even wept when he faced death, when he saw death. He wept himself. But it's not just about the here and now. There is hope coming. There is a time coming where he says all tears will be gone and I'm looking forward to that. So we need to get right. So I'd, I'd love everyone to please close your eyes. And I want to give you opportunity. If you're here today and you want to say, look, would you please pray for me? I want to be sure of an eternity with a loving Father, a loving God, a creator. If you want to do that today, would you give me a wave? And I'd love to pray with you. God, I thank you that you have designed us for eternity. I thank you for this life that we have now. I thank you for the breath that we have now. And God, may we do our very, very best to remain in you, to hang with you, to spend our time with you, to listen to you, to uh, converse with you every single day. May we receive your power, Holy Spirit, every single day. May we have courage when we step out in your power, Holy Spirit, to be able to share, to be able to uh, give that person a hug or a whatever it is, or that word of encouragement, to be able to uh, give the words that you place in our heart, on our lips, to be able to have the courage to share them, God. Thank you that we have that opportunity to make a difference. Help us to do that every single day, God. Help us to be right for our eternity. Help us to prepare others to be right for their eternity. Thank you, God. Thank you for your blessing and your protection upon every person in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, our missionaries have said yes. Here they all are on these beautiful cards. Aren't they gorgeous, all of these cards? If you haven't seen them all, then pick up some of the cards about all, our, all of our missionaries. They've all said yes. They've all said yes to going, to responding to God.
But I want to encourage us that we are called to. Sometimes it's easy to say, oh, they've done it, and I'll give my little bit of money and pray, and, but we've been called to. We have been called. And so whether or not we are in a different nation or our own nation, we are missionaries. We are all called to go. And so I encourage us and I encourage myself to respond to him and go and to make some change in people's eternities around about us. And wherever, whenever. Oh, come on, let's a bit more enthusiasm here. <laughs> Whenever, wherever. Thank you. God bless. Thank you so much, Jan. Let's give her a hand. Hearing about eternity being placed in the heart of man reminds me of something that St. Augustine wrote, that um, a man will not find rest or a soul will not find rest until it rests in thee alone that sense of eternity that God has designed us with, that we cannot find rest until it rests in Him alone. Very, very good. Well, church, we're about to hear the total for the faith commitment cards. Isn't that awesome? I can't wait to share it with you, but you're just going to have to wait a couple of moments. Just a couple of moments. The take-home question this morning for mums and dads to discuss with their children is what does the Bible say God thinks about us? What does the Bible say God thinks about us? Can I really encourage you mums and dads to really engage in these conversations with your kids? Really, really important. And it's wonderful, the conversations that can be stimulated um, and the thoughts that can come out. And, you know, as I've said once before, mums or dads, dads don't say go and see your mother or mum go and see your dad. Open up the conversation. If it becomes really, really tricky, we'll go and see Jan. She'll help you. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. This evening, Pastor Sheridan is uh, speaking in the 6 p.m. That will be a wonderful time. I really encourage you to be part of that. Uh, it will be fantastic. Also, as we leave, can I encourage you to be purposed in your giving at the giving stations on either side of the exits, one through these doors and one through these doors. So there we go. Let me pray first. Father, I thank you for this wonderful time as we've gathered together to seek your face and hear your word. Father, I thank you for these cards that are written up the front here. Father, I pray your blessing over every one of these cards that, Lord, as our missionaries receive them in Europe and Asia and other places, that, Lord, they may shed a tear, but equally I pray their heart will leap with joy they know that they're part of a bigger family, a family that's caring for them, a family that is praying for them, a family that is investing and in seeing churches planted around the world and the good news of Jesus spread far and wide. Father, as we give this morning, I pray you bless every giver. May you take these gifts and multiply them for the extension of your work. Father, I thank you that our prayers are just not words that come bouncing back off the ceiling, but they touch the very heart of God, your very heart, God. That, Lord, you're so willing and so desirous to respond to the heart that calls out in praise. Abba, Father, Daddy, thank you, Father, for the awesome God you are that you long to hear us, that you long to respond to us. Thank you for your awesome love and embrace around each one of us. In Jesus' name, we ask these things. And everyone said, Amen. Okay, are you ready for this total? 
Okay, oh, sorry, there's just one thing I've got to let you know. <laughs> there is a morning tea being served immediately after this. There's a lovely cake that you can see in the foyer for um, Andy and Karen and their family. I hope you guys have had a photo around it. Take the opportunity to cut it because it looks delicious and I'd like to eat something. So. <laughs> there's lovely little cupcakes and there's coffee and there's lovely teas. I love the teas at Activate um, Church. Our teas are awesome. Uh, in fact, I could preach a message about teas, but you don't want to hear that right now because you want to know what this total is, don't you? Are you really, really hungry to hear this total? Okay. Here it goes, right at the moment. Let's put it on the screen. Well, $297,860, 126 faith commitment cards. Yeehaw, that's worth celebrating. Thank you so much, church. Do you know what I love about this? This investment means churches are planted, people come to Christ, but it also means young boys and girls that are involved in sex trafficking are gonna find hope and a way to freedom. Your investment, your prayers, our commitment together as a family is making a difference globally. So God bless you and uh, enjoy some fine cake and some fine teas and coffee and uh, God bless. Thank you so much, church.